like accepting that no matter how hard you try, you could tell the exact same words two shows in a row and it will be different. But it's like as soon as you accept that it will be different and you start to embrace that more, then you can start to ride the difference and you like notice like what makes it unique. And it's like, dude, and this is where it comes, it becomes so much like meditation. There's this idea that it's like every breath is different, you know, and they're always different. And then you can get distracted by something and you can get distracted by it again. But even when you get distracted by it again, it's a different distraction. It's just different, different, different. And I think as soon as you get used to that, then you can have a lot more fun. But trying to resist that leads to like guardedness and stiffness and like a barrier between you and the audience. Welcome to the Underground Comedy Podcast with Sean Joyce. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com. Hey, what's up? Thanks for checking us out. If you're in the D.C. area this weekend, we've got Michael Palasak headlining Big Hunt. This is Michael's Big Hunt debut. He has been on The Late Show, The Late Late Show, and Last Comic Standing. You can get tickets and info on the website. Our guest today is Madi Litwack. Madi is a good friend of mine. He was a comic in D.C. for years and has been a huge part of underground comedy throughout its entire existence. In competitions, he won the Devil Cup and was a two-time finalist in the Boston Comedy Festival. Now living in Los Angeles, he's one of the funniest young comics to come out of D.C. What I get annoyed about is every time I talk about my hairline receding, yeah. I'm just trying to like talk it out. I'm not like deeply insecure about it. I'm just trying to talk it out with people because I think it's interesting. Uh-huh. And it's like a funny thing. And what do people just people are just consoling like, you? Don't even worry about that, man. It's it's cool. Just it's like whatever. Just embrace it. Or they're like yeah. you know, or they're like, hey, you can get hair plugs, or hey, you can yeah, yeah, use yeah. Rogaine. And I'm like, no, I just want to talk it out. I think it's a hilarious thing that happens, and it's funny that it's happening to me. Yeah. And I'm trying to figure out just the smoothest way to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. everybody thinks about it. There's no way to not think about it. You ha- you know what I mean? You have to be of detached course, from reality. You look different. And they people are act like you're just supposed to not even think about it and just move on with your life. And I'm like, yeah, I am moving on with my life, but how? It's like I'm getting decision fatigue the same way I do with everything else. Yeah. My indecisiveness is coming out in the same dimension where I'm just like do I cut it all the way down? But why am I shaving it all the way down? Is it because I'm insecure? So it's not actually a very confident thing for me to shave it down if it's out of insecurity. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Or I'll leave the house and I'll like want to put a hat on. And I'm like, do I want to put the hat on because I want to wear a hat or because I feel self-conscious, mm-hmm. you know? And then I'm like, so then I, I won't wear the hat. And then I'm like, but am I just not wearing the hat so I can be like, hey, look how not self-conscious I am. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. where are the motivations for any of decisions? Yeah, that's, I, I really loved shaving my head because it was just it was done the decision yeah once i did it like i didn't know if it was going to be the final thing i I didn't know if i would let it grow back yeah you know but i shaved it and it looked okay i thought i was like okay i don't feel too bad yeah and then i got a decent reaction from everybody in like the first week or whatever and uh and then, you know, after a couple weeks, I started feeling pretty comfortable with it. And then it was just done. And then I'm like, oh, this is what now is what I look like. So since the first time you shaved it, you've never grown it back? No. That's awesome. No, that was it because it went fine. And like, then I like went through the experience of like talking to girls with a shaved head. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, there's nothing, nothing. My life hasn't changed at all. I thought that was 
going to be a huge change in my life. Like people would look at me, like I would look different. People would react to me differently. Girls would react to me differently, but they really didn't. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, anything that I can perceive. So it was, uh, and then it's, it's nice to just forget about it for the rest of my life. Yeah. Even on top of like having to decide what my hairstyle was going to be when I had hair. That yeah. was stressful too. Oh yeah. And dude, I never got it right. Yeah. It's hard because you're always like messing with it, trying to get it to look right. Yeah. But once it's shaved, it's gone. And then you, it looked the same every day. See, I think I'm doing what you're doing, but the op, I'm going the opposite way. I'm just like, I think I'm just going to let it grow no matter yeah, because what's happening. You're in a, but you're, but you were in an in-between state that I wasn't in. I was in a place that I really didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. It's too late to just grow it out because it'd be so. Yeah. I mean, like it was like, I was really just hanging on for longer than I, yeah. <laughs> I you know, like it was just like, I could have grown it back, but it's like, if it was inevitable that I was going to have to do it eventually. It's yeah. not like, I, you know, in, in just, uh, yeah, the way that, that my hair was, it just wasn't going to last. Yeah. So there was, there wasn't really any point once it, once I got over the, that first week, it was like, okay, well it's, just, this is perfectly fine. But yours is a little bit of a different situation because your hair looks actually perfectly fine right now. Oh, thanks. But I understand the, I understand what you're saying. I'm like, I'm going to grow it out once it's grown out, then let the recession do what it needs to do. Uh huh. But the hair will already be long and crazy. Yeah, yeah. And like, I want to go like the Albert Einstein, Larry David, like crazy hair route. Just let it happen. Yeah, yeah. Because I think that is me and that's what I need to do. That's good. And I respect those guys so much. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) it's just, that's what, not that I'm trying to be like them. I just think I, I feel, yeah, I feel like I know where they're coming from there. Cause it feels almost like a bigger fuck you to everyone to just let it grow and be crazy. Is that your goal? Is it your, when you make a decision, you just say, what is the bigger fuck you to people? The bigger fuck you to like external pressures to conform to things. Definitely. For every decision. Yes. So why do you think that you are, are so nonconformist? I don't know. I grew up, my parents are really contrarian. I just grew up like this. It's taken a lot of work Your for me parents to accept are certain things. Contrarian and orthodox at the same time. Yeah. They're yeah, they're Orthodox Jewish. So does that gonna... make it uh being do you think that being an Orthodox Jewish person is contrarian in Definitely. a way? Yeah. Okay. So that's you're you're taking a kind For of sure it's contrarian to all the other Jews. Most Jews are not Orthodox. Okay. So you're you're picking kind of an unusual way to live to begin with yes. if you're gonna do that. Yeah. And then within Orthodoxy they're contrarian towards the other Orthodox Jews. Yeah. And so you, and you don't know where that came from in your family? That's just their kind of personality? Yeah, I don't know exactly where it comes from. Part of it's definitely insecurity. And then... Just like not wanting, I don't know, some kind of desire to be unique. Yeah. Um, so then it's like, well, if all your, you know, if all your decisions, all your opinions are like the opposite, then that's pretty unique. But then it's not. You're doing the same thing in the other direction. Right, of course. So like, now I'm trying, I try very hard to focus on what I actually think what I actually feel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like, like I think the, I love all the Marvel movies. I think they're great. And it's like, but like as a teenager, I might be like, fuck these movies, fuck everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or pop music. Like a lot of it's really good. It's like scientifically crafted to sound good. Mm-hmm. I can't be like, no, I don't like that. It's like, no, I do like it. So, but you were also, you were also kind of, uh, 
unique within your family. What do you mean? Because you were the youngest in your family? Yeah, youngest of five brothers. And so did you feel different than your brothers? Or did you feel like included in the same as your brothers? Um, no, I felt different because I was much younger than them. Yeah, that's what I always got the impression that the, you were slightly isolated because of the age. Yeah, like the next one up is six years older. Which is a lot when you're like in grade yeah, school. Yeah, when you're eight. Yeah. And your next brother is at 14, doesn't want to hang out with you. you right. Know? Yeah, right. Um, are your brothers kind of, uh, what are their personalities like? Similar. Similar to yours? Yeah. So you, it seemed like you were kind of maybe like the oddball of the family, but as you've gotten older, you see the, you see that they're, they're odd also. I mean, they're definitely pretty odd. Yeah. yeah. I'm not like the only oddball in the family, but I might be the most oddball. I'm the one that stopped being religious out of all of them. They're all still religious. Yeah. And when, what age did you realize that you didn't want to be religious anymore? When I was, when I was, um, 20, I started like mulling it over in my head. Mm-hmm. Because I'd started comedy at that point, and I was having to start turning down shows on Friday nights because of the Sabbath. Oh, you can't perform on? No, because you can't use electricity. You can't use a microphone. So I was already starting to, and I remember one of my friends in comedy at the can time. Can you be in a room with lights? Yeah, you can be in a room with lights. You okay. just can't turn the lights on or off. So okay. it's the manipulation you of can't the electricity. Wanna, you can't want to, them to be on. You have to just accept that they're on. Yeah. Yeah, the whole <laughs> the whole Sabbath is about acceptance. You can't enjoy the electricity. Yeah. But yeah, no, I I was just kind of curious um about the kind of contrarian um nature that you have because uh you know, it's like it's a big part of your personality. Yeah. Maybe. I'm still doing it. That's the thing. It's like I'm keep going layers deeper and deeper into it. So now it's like, oh, once you're a contrarian, there's tons of people who are contrarian. So it's like, how sure. can you be a contrarian within the contrarians? It's by actually starting to embrace some of the things that yeah. the other contrarians have rejected. Yeah, I mean, if you're if your whole thing is being a contrarian, eventually it boxes you in. Yes, because it leaves you nowhere to go. You can't just do the opposite of everything because eventually that shifts, and then you got to go back to liking the lame thing. Yeah to be contrarian in that way. Yeah. And then there's so many different people doing it at different times that you're always aligned with certain people. Yeah. And then you can get aligned with really annoying people who are also being contrarian kind of, which like, I think that's the motivation for being contrarian to begin with is, is that you see these really lame people like the same things that you like. And then you're like, I don't want to like these. Yeah. Right. Right. I remember I, like I was a teenager. I was really into Iron Maiden. Mm-hmm. And I went to an Iron Maiden concert and I'm like, oh my God, I'm looking around like, oh my God, what am I doing? Here? Yeah, right, you know? right. <laughs> like I thought this band was so cool. <laughs> yeah, they're not cool at all. It's like, oh man. But then it's like, well, nothing's cool really. Yeah, I would agree that nothing is cool, especially at this point. It's hard, really hard to see cool things. But, that's, but then it, it's come back around where it's like actually the coolest thing is not being cool and right. embracing that and being okay with that. It is... Uh, wild to to look at what do you think about um like being um having a problem with authority versus being contrarian because i feel like you have authority problems yeah i do have authority problems (laughs) but the reason i the reason i have authority problems is not just for the sake of having authority problems it's that a lot of people in positions of authority should not be that's why I totally agree. They have not earned my respect. Same. They have not earned. Oh, their that's authority. exactly how I feel. Yeah, that's. It's not like 
No, dude. I had teachers growing up that I really respected. Same. Because they respected me and they got it. And mm-hmm. like, but most of them were fucking idiots. Most bosses are idiots, but I've had Absolutely. really good bosses too. It's like, you know, you get what you deserve. I, t- I, I agree with that completely. It does make it really hard to navigate jobs because in jobs you got to start off at the bottom yes and most of the people above you don't deserve to be there no and it's very difficult to go along with their ideas yeah and be respectful and everything and and deferential to these people that really just have no business being in charge of anything at yes. all uh the only way I've found to get around it is to just treat it like a game where I'm like, Oh, the game is to make these interactions yeah. as smooth as possible. Absolutely. And just cause I, you know, I've had jobs where I design stuff and uh-huh. code and everything. And like all the time you'll make something and then they'll be like, what if we did it this way? And you're like, okay. And then you'll make it and they'll be like, what if we did it that way? And in my head, I'm like, Oh, you mean the way that it was before? Yeah. You had, but you just have to be like, okay, yeah. It's just you just keep going, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. until it stops, and just and that's the game. The game is to just keep saying okay until it stops. Yeah, and if it never stops, that's fine too, because you're still just doing whatever they want you to do. So that because a lot of people in positions of power don't even have anything to do, right? So all they do is just like figure out things to make you do, right? And then they feel like they're managing. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know? they've got yeah, they have someone doing work. Yeah, dude, it, it, I don't know. It almost feels like you're placating like a toddler who's like playing in one of those like Fisher Price kitchens and you're like pretending like you're making something with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know. Yeah, it's it's brutal. And then it's it's especially tough in comedy, I think, because you know, the people that are making decisions, obviously a lot of them don't fully understand comedy. No. If they understood it, they would be comedians. I think that there are some people that do understand yeah, it. Yeah, a very small percentage. Yeah, yeah, it's a small group of people that do really get it. Yes. Um, but, yeah. Most of them don't know. They're just looking to each other for feedback. It's right. like an echo chamber. Yeah. Although, I will say, interest, uh, interestingly, when you look at the people that... that are succeeding that get things and you look at it over a long period of time. Sometimes people get things late. Sometimes people get things early, but most people I think that really deserve stuff ultimately get it. Yeah. As long as they don't quit. Yeah. And the things that prevent that the people who, who really deserve, deserve those things. It's just either, yeah, they quit or they have some kind of like personal issue that's holding them yeah, back. Yeah, like alcohol abuse or something. Yeah, exactly. L- l- drugs, alcohol, or just oh. refusal to do the things that are necessary to do to like yeah. have a career. Or like even like just being self-destructive. The like, not that they're, it's not even that they're unwilling to like, you know, fill, write packets or whatever, yeah. but that they, when they get the opportunity to do stuff, they kind of freak out and then they'll do the opposite of what they're supposed to do. Just they'll just self-sabotage success. Yeah. 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 So there's, there's that group of people who, who ultimately don't get what they should because 
they stop themselves from getting it. Yeah. But I, I think for the most part, if you see somebody, if people are hardworking and they're willing to kind of like jump through the hoops that you got to jump through. It does even out, I think, in the end. Yeah. If you stick with it. This is where I get worried that maybe I'm not jumping through enough hoops. Like, I don't, I don't, I just truly do not like engaging on social media. I don't enjoy it. It doesn't do anything for me. I'm definitively think... happier when I'm like not paying yeah. attention to it. it. Like, as soon as I start trying to do it, like Instagram, people post on Instagram all the time and there's this pressure. Mm-hmm. And then even more so, like, LA feels even more so like Instagram. Yeah. I don't know if it's in my head or not. I think like, that's probably true. And it's like, you got to post, you got to post, you got to post about your shows, you got to post at the shows, you got a story at the shows. It's like, I stopped living my life. Yeah, it's exhausting. And I'm viewing everything through this digital filter and I'm not being present. And it's like, simultaneously, everything I'm trying to do live on stage is about being present. Yeah. So it's like, it's directly at odds with the thing that I'm trying to do to get noticed for. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, it feels like it's just living a contradiction. Yeah. And I feel like it takes away from my performance abilities. Because I, I think if you want to be present, I think that's something you should be practicing all the time. That's interesting. So Joe Zimmerman was on recently and he was talking about he his mixed feelings toward social media and, and what he you know feels like he's obligated to do. And so he just set a schedule for himself yeah. where he will he posts a stand-up clip early in the week and then he posts like a silly video later in the week yeah and then that's what he does on instagram i think that's a great way to do it and then he'll do one tweet at noon every day yeah i've noticed his noon tweets because he says there's a tweet coming up at noon (laughs) so then so by um by setting that schedule for himself it kind of takes out that thinking about it all the time yes of like oh i gotta do this it's it's always weighing on you like yeah. oh, constant pressure he's he's divided up his day and he's like this is the part of the day for that and like this is the system that i'm gonna follow and i don't have to think about it anymore yeah which i thought was really great i like that and I, yeah. but i think and i as you're saying that i'm like that is the way i should approach it yeah. that's what i should do but it's like i still feel like that only solves 70 percent of the problem because another thing is like i'll get tagged in other people's posts i'll get mentioned in people's stories and i'm like now i feel like i have to reshare this yeah as some kind of like political move yeah of course out of obligation yeah yeah because it's like oh that i just mentioned that guy in a story he didn't even reshare the story like oh, what an asshole people do take offense to that stuff yes but then i'm like i don't even care about this i don't want to you know, yeah, it's I hard. find myself having to reshare people's stories and I'm like, I don't even give a shit. Don't drag me into this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make a story about you me, but don't like, even like the story. Don't mention me. It's like, I feel violated when people pull me into their stories. You just respond to it with a, like, haha, hell yeah, dude. Cause <laughs> I, I think people want the reshare. I know they want the reshare, but if somebody, and you it's know, fucking manipulative. All right. It is a dude. I mean, look, I, I don't like any of it either. And so. I'm like, if this is the, if this is, what is it? What's the expression? I don't the, know. the, the hill to die on. Oh, okay. Then if this is it, then this will be it for me because I do the not. The expression w- is 
is this really the hill you want to die yes, on, Yes, this is the hill I want to <laughs> die on. Is this the hill you this want your it. career to die yes, on? Yes, this is not it. Re- not resharing because people's stories? It sucks me in, and I hate the feeling, and I, it is a like a dopamine thing. It is an addictive thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it feels the same in my brain as every other substance I've used, uh-huh. and I do not like it. Yeah, it's definitely addictive. I don't like the feeling of like I post something, and immediately I'm just like, how many likes did it get? Right. And then it's like people are like, well, just walk away. Just detach from it. And it's like you don't get it. That's not how these platforms are designed. It's impossible to do that. Yeah. They want you to engage with it. They are yeah. scientifically created to fuck with our brains. I agree. You know how everybody talks in comedy about how they're like, you just got to find your own path. And there's a way to do things. You just got to figure out what works for you. And I'm like, I want to find my own path without social media. That's yeah. how much I hate it. And I do not want it to be part of my life. Before I started comedy, I had deactivated all this stuff. Uh, yeah. I was way ahead of the curve on that. Yeah. 2010, I was off Facebook. Like, this is fucking bullshit. This is a waste. This is so stupid. Yeah. You know? I recognize... I'm just so much better in person than I am on these platforms. Well, I, th- I mean, I think you're good on the platforms. In ter- but I think you, you... I think if you were committed to... I'm not saying that you should be. I'm not saying that you should do this, but what I think type of things though? I silly needed, videos. Yeah, the silly video. Yeah, I can do silly videos. pictures. That's the thing, and that's my that's, silly captions. That's the point that I'm at now. Is I'm they're like, funny. I'm like, that's it. Videos or nothing. I'm doing videos or nothing. But little like because little, I cannot just do this like base narcissism that people put out as quote unquote content. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I think that the best stuff on social media are. Are funny videos. Yeah, actual entertaining things. Yeah, yeah. Not, not, not just, just selfies. Not just like, hey, everything's yeah. going so great. Here's a summary of why everything's so great. Yeah. And you should just support me and be my fan because... Yeah, because the thing is, is that you can you can post on social media to show other people all the shows you're doing. Yeah. But if you post really funny videos, I mean, people will just be like, oh, this person is funny. Yeah. And then that's really... That's all that matters, right? Yes. Once once that you think this person is really funny. Like when I see people I've seen several videos on social media where I'm like, I'm gonna book this person. Yeah. Just immediately after yeah. the video. Because I'm like, there's not that many really funny people. I know. There's really not. And when you when you see one, it's like you know it immediately and you're like, Okay, this is a this is a person that like that I want to have on my show i think i'm just afraid right now i'm falling into that i'm just falling into that dynamic where it's like you know that idea of it's like people who have the most to say are like the quietest sometimes and like vice versa just like you feel like you have a lot to say i'm like i feel like i have a lot of funny inside me that can come out in videos uh-huh. and, but i'm like so scared to start doing it why you think you're gonna get sucked into it no i just like i'm scared it won't be good you know I'm scared of really putting myself out there because I know that anything I do, I'm going to really put myself out there and it's not going to be like, you know, I don't want to just, there's a way to do internet videos where you're protected by the format of the video. Yes. It's absolutely. like, Oh, this is a style. This is an accepted style. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. Is, like, you know, quick jump cuts. Like, yeah, exactly. The heavily exactly. edited. It's like, and not that there's anything wrong with that. No, People no, do a really good funny. job. Yeah. That, yeah. But it's like, I'm like, that's not going to be me, but, but they're funny. Almost they're almost funny to begin with because just in the style of editing makes it funny. And I'm like, 
I, basically it's like I have to approach that the same way I approach stand up, mm-hmm. which is like it's been really messy, and I just really feel like I'm doing my own thing now. Do you think that 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 same attitude of like not wanting to put yourself out there because you're afraid it won't live up to your expectations also stopped you in stand up at times? Yeah, maybe. Stand up, I feel I'm bolder. I don't know. I just got momentum with stand up, and it never really stopped building momentum. There, throughout your entire time of doing it, I mean, I've gotten depressed. I felt like you've lost some momentum a couple of times. Yeah, but usually it's because of external stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, it's because uh-huh. just life, right? And it's also like just impossible to keep the momentum going like all the time. Yeah, like you can't just. just get hot and stay hot forever. Like um, yeah. you're going to cycle through material and have to try out new material and like get, you know, try to figure out a new, new way of doing the jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've hit points of confusion when my voice shifted yeah. and I didn't know how to deal with right. that. And suddenly right. it felt like I had very little material because I didn't know how to do the material. I I talked to you about this yes, like a yeah. couple years ago, but this is not the same feeling that you have with the video. No, this is just like, I, you know, I just want it to be right. I want it to be really good. I don't want to put out mediocre content, you know, but it's even like if I'm, it's just a little, what, it, but like, don't, don't you think like <laughs> not to defend and promote Instagram, but don't you feel like those stories that are so short that disappear so quickly are an easy way to experiment with that without yeah. very much risk at all yeah and i've been doing that a little bit because they're not just they're not just sitting on your page forever and people are looking at how many people watched it or how many people liked it it's like it's there and then it's gone but even those sometimes i'm like counting down the 24 hours for it to be gone yeah but yeah well, you know i'm like please and those i've gotten but you can at. delete them if you don't like them no i'm like that's the thing i'm like it's i'm doing like exposure therapy for myself like yeah. one step at a time yeah. and right now i'm having kind of like a relapse where i haven't posted anything in weeks yeah and i realized today i'm like holy shit i haven't even posted about these shows yeah and that's the safest thing you can post right nobody there's no opinions about if you post about shows it's just like that's what you got to do of course and i'm like oh my god like what am i doing yeah, yeah but also i feel so good in my life I hate it. I, I hate it so much. Yeah. It, it, can, it can give you uh, lots of bad feelings. Yeah, dude. It's not healthy for people. There have been a million studies right. on this stuff. It's right. not healthy. Right. I feel the healthiest when I'm living my goddamn life outside of my uh-huh. phone. Uh-huh. Everybody knows this. So how do you think that you got back in the zone with stand-up? With stand-up? I mean... You know, I, I, stuff shifted in my life, so I wasn't as stressed out anymore, and, like, I needed to, and then I moved to L.A., and that was big, like. But that's hard, too, though. Yeah. Because that's a big adjustment. L.A. had this, like, I think, inverse effect on me that it does not a lot of people, which was just, like, um, because you can get there, and it's, like, overwhelming. You're, like, oh, man, there's a million people. A million people are making it here. All these, you know, right. just, you meet people all the time. Everyone's like, trying to make it. You've, like, never heard of a person. They have 12,000 Instagram followers. Right. And you're, like, man, I'm, like, behind people I've never even heard of. Like, what, it, you know, it's so overwhelming. You're, like, I don't have any of these things. But it, on the other hand, it's, like, you also see there's a million things you can be doing. Right. You know, there's a million random shows, web series. There's a million places for people to be and mm-hmm. a million people that are running everything yeah that it's like oh honestly the the best strategy i can have now is just going out there and being as much myself as i can be and just hoping i stick yeah with some of those people 
honestly, I started taking more of an approach towards it that I do towards like romantic relationships, which is like, I'm only doing myself a disservice if I misrepresent myself. Yeah, that's true. I need to be as much myself as possible in every moment and just wait to resonate with people because those are going to be the most fruitful relationships anyway. And it's like, that can get exhausting and you might have to wait. And that's why people want to change themselves and misrepresent themselves. But it's what, like, how do you think when, so when you were doing stand up, say four years ago, yeah. Do you think that you, how do you think you were not being yourself at that time? I was cause you were doing well. Yeah. Because I had some success not real, you know, I had said some like, you know, I won the devil cup, you but it's like when you're a cup? few years in, you're like, Oh, this is a big deal. Yeah. You, and you had, you had a, and I, a, like a big chunk of really good jokes. Yeah. And I was doing tons of festivals and I like made the finals of Boston comedy festival two years in a row. Right, I was right. like, I'm really onto something here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I just started becoming too much of a prisoner of what I had already created instead okay. of allowing myself to just keep going and see what happens next. So you, know you felt I mean? like you had to keep doing the same thing over and over again? Just like, it's like, I don't know, because no one approach is right or not. Okay. It's kind of like, it's a decision. It's a, And I think it's a decision every creative person has to make at different points. Mm-hmm. And it's right or wrong. It's it's like you're It's like you're walking down the beach with like a metal detector. Okay. And something starts going off mm-hmm. and you're like, oh shit. And you start digging and you find some cool stuff there. And then you're just like, I'm just going to dig here forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. but you're like, oh, I could also just keep going and maybe I'll find nothing. Maybe I'll find something even more exciting. Yeah. And it's like, that's taking that path. I think gets scarier and scarier the longer you're in and the more good stuff you find. Yeah. Because it's easier and easier to just fall back on what you have. Right. But it's like, instead of taking a top down approach and looking at like the method that actually got you to there. Right. And it's like, Oh, the method was like moving forward, taking risks, you know, going on an adventure. And Do you think you were taking risks back then? No, I stopped taking risks for a couple years. Do you think that you took risks though on your way up to yes. what were the risks? You have you, to, how do you, what, how do you think you were taking risks in that early f- phase before you, you know, before you won the devil cup? Well, first off, I believe the first couple of years are just inherently risk. Yeah. It just is risk. Yeah, you're putting yourself out you're there. You're terrible at comedy. Right, of course. You're just not that good. There's mm-hmm. Maybe you're really, really good for a new person, but you're still not that good. Right. It's Yeah, extremely... you, see, you see a tape of it and you yeah. see how terrible it so is. So it's like all risk. Even though you're getting good feedback, people are like, oh, no, you are funny. Yeah, it's good. But... but you're getting good feedback the way a child's drawing is put yeah, on the fridge. Yeah. It's like good drawing and you're like, oh boy, <laughs> you know, I think that sometimes people can tell that it's funny, even if it's bad. Yeah. People can still enjoy it and tell that it's funny. Yeah. Even though the standup itself is bad. Yeah. So it's like those first few years, it's risk. And then, yeah, I just hung out at that. F- it's like more analogies. It's like climbing a mountain. And I just hung out at like a plateau for too long. I just hung out at like one of the camps, yeah. you know, before the big at summit. A very chill camp. I just hung out too yeah. long and I didn't even realize that I was doing that. Right. Um, I just didn't even realize. So what, so how did you start to perform differently after that? Once you, once you going into this, going into this phase, 
I mean, I definitely spent a couple of years like fucking around on stage. Yeah. But I feel like you remember. Of course I do. And, <laughs> and that was productive, even though there were a lot of disasters, but it was productive and it just kind of happened out of boredom. Yeah, it was tough. It was tough to, you, you know, know what to make of it from the outside because, yeah, you were experimenting with being very present. Yes. And sometimes it could be frustrating to watch because you, you would get distracted by everything that happened in the room yeah and it would and like knowing how successful you can be when you stand up there and tell jokes then when you're continually remarking on everything that happens in the room it's kind of like this isn't as good as your jokes are but you have to understand from my perspective that felt better oh i I know that jokes i know that it feels better to you yes it and feels so, better to you. <laughs> I know. But it's not it's not doing as well. No, it's not better. Right. But it's like but that's the thing when you're but that's a the frustrating creative thing person, the outside, there's yeah. a balance between what feels good to you yeah. and what feels good to other people. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so it's like I kinda like sh- just completely flipped to the other side. Uh-huh. And was just trying to figure out right. what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, instead of like feeling like obligated to this material that people liked. Right. Because like I didn't like doing it. Mm-hmm. But then what happened is after a couple of years of doing that and really like, I mean, I bombed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I look back now, I don't, I'm like, holy shit, I bombed a lot. I didn't even realize as it was happening. Yeah. Because I, re- at that time, you know, and like you, you did have, like, there's plenty of stressful things going on and everything in your life. But like when I, at that time, the, there were younger comics who didn't who weren't around for your first yeah <laughs> your first cycle and that you know they'd be like well Maddie's this or Maddie's that and it's like no man like you don't like you don't really fully know what Maddie is it's kind of like Tim Miller too you're like yeah. you don't really know what Tim Miller is yeah. when you see him fucking around on a Wednesday night like that's that's like five percent of Tim Miller yeah and that's like five percent of Maddie like there's there's a there's a lot that you're you're not seeing well, i appreciate that sure that's but that's what makes it very it, knowing that comics can see that also and knowing that's what they're thinking it makes it even harder to do that because you kind of have to put blinders on and be like this is yeah i know yeah. in my heart this is the best thing for me to do for growth right and i maybe pushed the boundaries a little bit and like but it's like having the trust of the situation to be like i know these rooms i've been doing these rooms for a while yeah. with you i didn't think I felt like you were going to say something if I ever really fucked up. And I did. And really, I have, I, I have I, said, yeah. yeah I and said I did so. really fuck up a couple of times. Yeah, and you did, did say something. <laughs> yeah. So like, I appreciate that. And it, it is like necessary to hear. I held off as long as I could. But now I'm like, I don't know. It, a lot of it just started to click because right. I had fucked around so much. I did start to figure out just what was funny about me so that I could go in and out of it whenever I wanted to. I, 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 I think about, you know, I try like I end up categorizing everything and trying to like put a structure on everything to try to understand different uh, aspects of comedy. And one of like the really common dichotomies that people draw is like, and and myself is writing versus performance based stand up. Yeah. And in your first cycle of success, I mean there was a good performance with it, but it was very written. Yes. I mean, the, there were just tight jokes with just tons of punchlines in them. And you didn't have to 
always bring it for those jokes to work. You no. you could just say them yes. and the jokes will just work by themselves. Yes. Um, and then, and so, you know, at that point I would say like, oh, Mahdi is like, he's a, he's a writing based comic and those are, it's material based really yes. is what he's doing. Um, and then you went through that long period of being in the moment on stage. And now, now it almost feels like you have a performance based style of stand up. Thank you for saying that. So it's a, it's a really weird uh shift which you you really never see. You really don't see people going from one to the other. It's like you can't be like this charismatic performer and then all of a sudden you're going to write tight jokes. Like yeah. that that ne- doesn't happen. Yeah. And it's rare for of course comics who are writers get to be incrementally better performers. Yeah. But they usually don't just transform into like performance-based performers. I was getting very frustrated because I was writing stuff that I could not perform. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? I couldn't deliver the jokes that I was writing anymore and the things that I wanted to write. You're talking about like the kind of absurd jokes? Yeah, I just couldn't. I knew how they needed to sound. Uh-huh. I could feel it and hear it and see it in my uh-huh. head, uh-huh. and I could not reproduce it. What Do you have an example of a joke that, that's like that? Um... I mean, it's like, I don't know, like that toast bit I do. It's stupid. Yeah. Okay. But it's like, or the moth joke. Yeah. These are types of things I just would not have been able to do. Yeah. And like, just for people listening, like these are just, they're just very silly, absurd jokes that are, if you said it to a person at a party, they would look at you like you were insane. Yeah. And if you wrote it out, it doesn't look very funny. No. But if you have a personality and you go on stage and you bring the crowd with you, it can become very funny. Yeah. Because it's all about the timing. It's all it's just, about the delivery. It's so silly, and it feels like singing a song and hitting notes. Yeah, and so it, and it's just like I do. So this is the early early material that I wrote was like that stuff, and I couldn't uh, deliver it. So I had to make these compromises to go write, back and you write very broad jokes. Yeah, I had to write different material, and then so it almost felt like I was getting back to what like because that stuff is more my personality, like newer stuff, and it's like I had yeah. to I had to go on this whole journey to figure out how to present myself to the audience in a way that would be accepted quickly. Cause you don't have, you can't hang out with the audience for a year until they know you and they know the context and now you can joke around. And also you got to just, you also in a way have to decide whether you're going to perform at the level, you know, right for the level you're capable of performing at so that you can do well on shows or if you're just going to be a crazy weird person for four years yeah. and, and not do festivals yeah. until you figure it out. Yeah. And so, you know, you wrote the jokes that will help you succeed. Then yeah. you succeeded. Then you went back and changed. Yeah. I mean, obviously like I'm not, I haven't finished, you know, I haven't finished no, no. it out. I could bomb all these shows this week. <laughs> Who knows? No, I think you're like, you you're know. still in the middle to me, you're still in the middle of, of figuring out the performance based part of it. Like you're still not even that you're in the middle of, of this, of this cycle. This cycle is not at the end. It's in the middle. No, but it's, it's there's so much positive momentum, right? It feels like when you scatter like a deck of cards and you're trying to shuffle them back into that rectangle Uh and there's a certain moment of maneuvering them where you're like, Oh, I got it. It's yeah, gonna, yeah. Like, I got it. You oh, know what this I mean? is going to happen. It's yeah. going to be a rectangle again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what it feels like right now. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I dealt with the first. That's messy one part. of the best. That that's one of the best times to feel in stand up, 
when you're doing stand up is is just as it's really coming together. Yeah. Because then it it feels better and better and better, and then you're killing with it. It feels amazing, and then that just lasts until you get until you get tired of it. Yeah. And then you have to try to find something new. Yeah. I already the the lucky thing is though, I already know what the next thing is gonna be. Oh, that's good. So and it's just gonna be learning. Do you want to say what be, it is? Yeah, it's just gonna be figuring out how to talk about like the types of things we're talking about right now, the things that really, really on a day to day basis I think about. So you want to get so you want to go back into real personal stuff from your personality. Yes, as opposed to being doing absurd stuff. Yes interesting like you know that's good know. I, that makes sense like what larry david does yeah because know? i think like uh i mean you have a personality that people are drawn to and people people do really respond to it um you know you can see when you get off stage and when, when people come up and talk to you and and kind of you're you're just uh you're a person that people are, are interested in and want to like stay interested in. Oh, thank you. So I feel like a little egotistical from the last 15 minutes of this conversation, but at the same time, I also don't give a shit. Well, I mean, I'm giving you nice compliments. Yeah, I but, appreciate it. But so, I mean, I, they're true. And uh, you, you can, you can, ha- you can have nice things, man. You, you know, gotta ha- you got to have some ego going on to do this. Of course you have to believe in yourself yeah. and you have to, you have to believe that obviously you're going to stand up in front and talk to people in front of people. You have to be interesting enough for them to be paying attention to you. Yeah. Why do people come to this basement to listen to you talk? Yeah. You know, you have to be, there has to be a reason for it. Yeah. You have to believe in that value. And like anytime you're going to step out and you're going to do something weird or unusual, you have to have a belief in yourself. Otherwise you should be doing what everyone else does. Yeah. In going, you know, just going through the motions or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was another realization that led to like now this better zone was I, I, I think part of moving to LA, I mean, I just, I got exposed to, and I had lived in New York for a little bit too. I was exposed to so much yeah, comedy, so many, I just felt like I saw so, just so much of the scenes, mm-hmm. so many of the comedians like it's overwhelming and I hit a, a realization of like, Hey, what if, what if I do know a new way to do comedy? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What if I know a unique new way to do comedy? Mm-hmm. How would I operate from this point forward if I knew that for sure? Mm-hmm. And it would, it would result in me like believing in myself more and really going for things and really committing to things. Mm-hmm. And I think I had been operating in the past looking for some kind of template. Right something to let me know that what I was doing was acceptable. Yeah. Or yeah. A template or even just reassurance. Yes. In, in doing it. Yeah. But then when you let go of that, it's actually very exciting because you're like, well, regardless, I can just. Yeah. Because if you're trying, if the whole point is trying to be yourself, but in the back of your mind, you're trying to be yourself and get approval at the same time. It's kind of preventing you from fully doing it. Yeah, it's really tough. But the thing is, if you really are being yourself, I think the approval comes. Yeah, I think so. And a lot of times people are being themselves for a moment and then they get a little rejection and then the energy shifts and they're not really being themselves anymore. 
you're doubling down. Don't you think there has to be something more than just being yourself? Do you think you you have to like be yourself, but you also have to like you have to bring a performance? Yeah, you know. Yeah, there's there's that aspect. You can't just walk on stage and talk. Of course, but I do think if someone just walked on stage and truly said everything that was in their heart, it would be extremely interesting and very engaging. Hmm. That rarely happens in any context. Every speech. I guess it depends. Yeah, I guess it depends on what they what they chose to say about what was in their heart. Not like what they think people want to hear. Not what they think is vulnerable. Uh Truly, what they're thinking. And it might be offensive and it might be <laughs> weird, but yeah. it will be interesting. Yeah. You know? And I do think that being yourself is one of the most fascinating things a person can do. And I don't, I think people cannot help. <laughs> that, what a funny thing look. that is. Isn't that funny? What? Being yourself is one of the most interesting things you can do. Don't you think that's interesting yeah. in itself? Because you would think everybody would always be being themselves but, in but general people aren't but people are so far from being themselves all the time that if when you actually see someone do it it becomes interesting yeah and it will always be interesting even if everyone was doing it, it'll be interesting because of the fact that every single person is truly different mm. you know like you just have to be even identical twins are different yeah. because they were different twins. You know, it's just different yeah, yeah. every. And so it's like everyone has a unique set of like likes and dislikes. And I think what you like and dislike is your personality. Do you think then that any person could be a stand-up comedian then? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. I don't think there's very many people who have that opinion. Um. Yeah, I think so. But it's not like, they just need to go through the courses and then figure yeah. it out. It's like, no, every person might have one person might have a 10 year journey. Another person might have a 50 year journey. Yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting. It's like if they actually want to do it and they like doing it, that's the prerequisite. You would right. have to have passion for it. Right. But I think anyone who has passion for it could figure it out or figure something out. So what did you say the next thing you want to do is like material wise? Yeah. Just like, you know, at the beginning I was talking about like, oh, you know, the decisions I have to make with like, as my hair recedes, what do I do? Do I wear a hat? Do I not wear a hat? Yeah. Why am I wearing a hat? Why am I not wearing a hat? You know, I want to be able to talk about things like that on stage. Would it be written ahead of time? No, I like, I think all this stuff I need to like figure it out. Would on you get stage. to the point where you're, where like every night is different? Yeah, that's what I'm going for. So that you're not even doing material. Yeah, ideally there'd be no material. And so from night to night, do you think you would be like repeating certain themes? Yes. Like, of course you would have to because yeah. your thoughts are going to, yeah. you only have so many different things you worry about yeah. and so many different thoughts. And that's like next level material. Yeah, because like, those are the things that actually are popping in your head every day. Yeah. Because you are worried about yeah. it every day. But like I remember watching David Tell and you watch him the first time and you're like, whoa, this guy's like, they're just so fast. The yeah. lines that he's coming at the audience. Because people yell at him. Oh, yeah. Because his audience, they're idiots. Sure. And like, <laughs> no, I mean, he has. No, I know, I know. But he, like, there is a chunk of his audience that they, like, I guess they're fans of, like, Insomniac and stuff. And I liked Insomniac. They're like, but they, like, come and they get drunk and they, because they know how good. Oh, he, yeah, the drinking. Yeah, yeah, because he used to be a crazy drinker. They know how good he is at interacting with them. And right. so it's like, they'll challenge him. But then you start to see shows and you're like, oh, he's like, he repeats some of these things, but in different ways. And it's like, but it is automatic. 
Yeah, they're all floating in his head. They're yeah. all in his head all the time. And it's like beautiful because that is material, but it's a different it level to of material. Watch. It's next level. Like when I w- saw him the first time live, I was like, this is, he's the best. I don't think anybody is doing this as good as him. Yeah, and I think most people would agree with that. I mean, that he he just is. I was know? just like, this is like, fl- there's like these are flawless performances. That's a cool idea. I like the idea of, you know, you just kind of have these things floating in your head, right? These like, the th- whatever the things you are that you think about or worry about they're floating in your head all the time and they're they're coming out in a slightly different way each performance yeah as you learn how to use that energy to turn it into laughs each night yeah and i think part of that is accepting the the differences the differences in what in from how, night to night like accepting that no matter how hard you try you could tell the exact same words two shows in a row and it will be different oh absolutely there is zero way around it it is different yeah but it's like as soon as you accept that it will be different and you start to embrace that more Mm -hmm. then you can start to ride the difference yeah and you like notice like what makes it unique and it's like dude and this is where it comes it becomes so much like meditation to Mm -hmm. like bring it to that idea like when you focus on like your breath and stuff like that there's there's this idea that it's like every breath is different you know and they're always different and it's like and the you know the inhalations are a different length the exhalations are a different length and it like they, they're always different no mm-hmm. matter what no matter how long you do it they're always different and then you can get distracted by something and you can get distracted by it again but even when you get distracted by it again it's a different distraction it's just different 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 always different everything's always different mm-hmm. and i think as soon as you get used to that then you can have a lot more fun interesting and i think trying to push the material trying to resist that leads to like guardedness and stiffness and like a barrier between you and the audience yeah so i feel very rambly now about it that's okay so but you understand what i'm saying i do yeah and i'm interested good good like just because it's like it's i think it's like more respectful to the audience to like accept how different it is yes i mean because it's like you guys are different I'm, i'm just i'm just talking to you it's not the same as it was for that other audience Right. It's like so condescending to try and treat the audiences like they're all the same. And then to even treat each moment like it's the same as the previous moment. What about, do you feel like that you, how do you balance that with having a good set each time? Then it's like, depends on the external, you know, like, yeah, you do a big audition. You got to, you have to play. It's like, it's like you're, I believe that you should try and play as much as you can within the parameters of the situation. Yeah. So sometimes it's like you got to just do well. Right. It's, you know, if I do something like in the middle of nowhere on the road, like I know there's not a lot of wiggle room. Right. I can't just go out and like feel the situation out. Right. You know, if you're in like Wisconsin, because like they're not even necessarily ready for that. Right. They're not used to that. And they're just going to get closed off if you try and do yeah. that. So then it's like, you do a microcosm, you try and do it as much as you can within the confines yeah, yeah, of what you yeah. have to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, and that's like a whole skill in itself that grows is the situational awareness. Yeah. Understanding what to do and different, you know? Yeah, definitely. So like in an audition, it's like, yeah, just go out and do the material the best you can. But lately right. I'm like, I care less about that. Well, so. I'm interested to see how this all works out this weekend. Yeah, who knows? Every time I talk this confidently about comedy, I get so scared. I'm about yeah, to I mean, bomb. I would be I'm too. Like, yeah. Oh my god, I'm really just asking for it. I'm asking for a big bomb. You are asking for a big bomb, and there's <laughs> going to be a lot of tourists around this weekend oh, really? too. Yeah, because Memorial tricky. Day. No, it'll be fine. 
But uh, yeah, I think it'll be fine too. Well, dude, I think we did a good job. I feel I think pretty so good about too. it. I hope you edit it and make it. Make yeah, it look I'll good. make it real tight. Cool. I can't wait till like yeah. the little clip comes out that you put on the Instagram sure, story. Yeah. yeah, you better reshare that. Yeah, I'll share that. I'd be pissed if you don't. <laughs> you want to share your Instagram handle because you you gotta you're gonna make some funny videos now. Yeah, it's uh, Madi underscore Litwack, but I'll spell it. It's M A T T Y underscore L I T W A C K. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you. For more information about our live shows, check out undergroundcomedydc.com.